Welcome to the Rising Stars Podcast, where we unpack trends and tips in the point of sale space and IT channel industry. My name is Kate Arara, and I am the Partner Development Manager at Star Micronics America. I've worked in the channel for almost 18 years and I've met some fascinating people along the way. My goal for this podcast is to connect you with some of the most influential people in the channel space to provide you insight and inspiration to help your business succeed. On today's episode, I'm happy to have an old industry friend join me that I've known for quite a few years now, Craig Kalibi. Craig is the Director of Business Development and Marketing at BizTracker. Craig, could you tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself and just a brief overview of BizTracker and what your role entails? Sure. Well, uh, Kate, thank you very much. First of all, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to join you. Um, (laughs) You're right, an old friend. Um, At least, I don't know, you must have been maybe six years old when I I started, but... uh, (laughs) You're I've been high. around the industry. <laughs> I, I've I've been around the point of sale industry for about 23 years on and off in the channel. Uh, I've had uh, a variety of sales, marketing, distribution, and business development roles with uh, companies like APG Solutions and Cherry, and now with a leading super uh, solution provider in BizTracker and its subsidiaries, Spartan POS and Shop POS Portal. Um, made a lot of friends in the industry over the years. And I enjoy helping customers solve complex challenges. If you're on LinkedIn, you might have noticed I've been posting more videos lately, kind of highlighting the journey, learning about new technology and talking with industry experts. Uh, we're going to be launching a solution simplified podcast soon. Um, and on a personal level, my wife and two kids and I relocated from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to the Phoenix area in 2020. But I am still a diehard fan of the uh, Green Bay Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, and uh in my spare time, as limited as it is, I like uh, golf, biking, and classic cars. So I uh, still get a chance to get around and do some things, but uh, things are very busy these days. So that's funny. So you, 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 you're still, still a, a diehard Wisconsinite, but you are in a much warmer climate for sure. Especially going into these winter months this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss the snow. Um, the The summer months in Wisconsin are the most underrated in the country. I think the weather's beautiful, and when the when the weather's nice there, the days are long. Whereas here, when the days are nice, the days are short. Um, so, trading a uh, Wisconsin winter for a Phoenix summer is it's kind of a kind of a horse apiece kind of thing but um it is nice here in the in the winter time uh you can still go and do things and uh you know get out and hike and uh see a lot of different things so and we do get back to wisconsin quite a bit uh i'm going back for a, a game at lambo against the chargers in a in a few weeks and uh i i won't give that up i uh i still like going back there even though it's a little bit of a challenging season this year yeah, I'm a Clemson alumni, so um, I know all about challenging seasons. So I got you. I understand. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm excited to kind of dive right in with you. So just first and foremost, let's kind of chat a little bit about how you think BizTracker is innovative in the POS industry and why. Well, um, we're doing some really creative things, and that was one of the things that drew me to joining the BizTracker team. Um, our Shop POS Portal group is 
does something that I call fulfillment as a service. It's a solution that works great for ISVs, for franchisors, industry associations. We manage their logistics, their supply, and their support. And we do that through um, working with them. You know, they they may not have the infrastructure to go and make purchases and provide all the logistics and figure out all of the hardware that they need and manage the stock and all of those things. So what we've done is we take care of all of that. We'll create a custom microsite for them so that they've got a landing page for their customers to go to. They can refer their end users there. Their end users don't have to go out into the marketplace and figure out, is this going to work with my solution? Is this the right price? Is this the right product? We take care of all of that. We work with our customers to make sure that we've got the right products, the certified hardware, and then it's it's all listed in stock and at the right price for them so that their customers can shop with confidence and they know that they're working with industry experts from our side. So if they do have questions, we can address that and make sure that they're getting exactly what they need as quickly and as efficiently as possible so that they can focus on the, the items that they do best, whether it's software or managing their franchises or uh, you know managing the needs of their industry associations. And as far as some of the businesses and markets and applications, I, I know that you you work with a lot of the vendor partners on those. Could you maybe expand on the markets and applications that you're finding are growing the most that are needing your service? What niche they might be in or... Sure. I mean, we're we're really diverse in that way. So our BizTracker POS business is kind of your traditional ISV business. We focus mainly on liquor stores, small grocery stores, uh, small gift shops, things like that. We also do some hospitality uh, with uh, a cloud-based solution. Um, Spartan is where we really resell hardware for a variety of applications. Our slogan is Solution Simplified. And they're we're offering products for POS, healthcare, police, warehouse automation, digital signage, even EV charging is coming soon. Uh, whereas on Shop POS Portal, we're working with a variety of ISVs that are doing everything from dry cleaning to um, uh, parking technology to um, you know high-end retail, all sorts of different things. So where are we seeing the growth? We're seeing a lot of growth with working with those ISVs. Um, but we're also seeing growth in uh, in healthcare and police and government applications. So uh, it's really not just one specific thing. It's it's all over the place. Even though the market's a little more challenging these days. Could you maybe give some examples about how BizTracker is leading in the POS industry for bars and ISVs to be successful? I mean, I know you talked about the portal or, or the the shop POS portal and. Um, some of the tools that you're providing those partners, but uh, you know, how, how else are you guys leading in that arena? Well, I just think that it, it's that diversity and, you know, being willing to, or, you know, looking everywhere to try to find where do, where are their solutions that need to, or where are their problems to solve? And that's really what we're trying to do. We're doing a lot of work with our vendors. We just had our, our sales meeting, uh, last week, uh, BizDoggle 2023, you've probably seen some videos on that, but we're working with our vendors to try to find the opportunities that we can go and focus on and uh, and then working with our customers, how do we solve those problems? Bringing those vendors in when need be to try to fill in those gaps and try to find the right products 
the right solutions for those challenges. So um, it's been a pretty good success success story so far. And again, we've got a really experienced team. So that that helps a lot as well. That's awesome. And I know BizTracker does have an interesting business model in that it does sell hardware, but also has software and then supports other ISVs. Um, actually, I, I have kind of two questions. Um, and you also have a very strong marketplace presence. Um, so I guess my first question is, how has this approach worked for you guys over the years um, and the part and your partners that have benefited from your model? But then the second part of that question is because you do sell software, do some of those, do, does anybody see you as a, comp, a competitor, like even the ones that you're supporting? Well, that's that's a really good question. The 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 startup companies that we're helping typically are are servicing markets and verticals that we aren't touching. So our software is really focused on SMB liquor stores, small grocery stores, very small uh, gift shops, things like that. A lot of the the companies that we're working with, they're working on a much grander approach. They're working on different vertical markets, different applications, ones that we aren't touching. So uh, we make sure that there's um, some segregation there so that we aren't competing with those software customers. Uh, so we're very, very focused on that. And it really hasn't been a problem. And what that does, um, all of those different things combines to give us purchasing leverage so that we can deliver really good prices in addition to leading edge service and leading edge technology. There was a second part of that question. Did I answer that? Uh, the second part was just like, what is the, how, what, how, what kind of partners have benefited from your model that you've noticed? Well, I, I think it's been a win, win, win all the way around. I mean, I think that we've, we've provided a lot of these startup ISVs with an assist with manpower and expertise and also freeing up some working capital so they don't have to invest in a lot of inventory. Uh, in addition to that, they're giving a much better experience to their customers. I had a boss uh, that some in the channel may know, Nigel Ball, who always used to talk about delight the customer. To me, if I'm a software company and I'm sending my customers out into the marketplace to go and find hardware to work with my software, that's not a delighting the customer approach. That's that's not really giving them the the simple, easy, uh, just get it here and get it set up and get it going. I'd rather have a place where I know I'm buying with confidence. I'm buying the right products that are going to work every single time. So it, it helps out. And it, it also helps out the, the manufacturer partners and the distributor partners that we have because they know where their, their products are getting consumed. And they know that if we're working together, we're going to communicate. We're going to let them know, hey, uh, if, if they give us a lead on something or if they present something to us, they know that we're going to handle it with a white glove approach. We're going to provide them communication and feedback. And, uh, you know, we're going to follow up with the cr customers quickly and responsively and and, and manage, uh, manage it appropriately. I think that I love that. And the reason why, I mean, it's, it's it just it kind of hits home. I did a podcast episode with Jim Roddy in particular, and and really what it is is it, the discussion was is if you're not partnering with somebody, you're not there. There's a chance of failure right now. Like partnership is is of the essence, and you've been in the industry as long as I have. When you know there was a time when there was no, it was siloed. It, their partnership. Why would I want to partner with you? That no, no way. Like, and 
it's, I think this is an industry it's based on trust. Like it's, it, you have to partner, but you need to make sure that you are trustworthy, that you give the support to your partner, you give them all the ins and outs that they possibly need, but then make sure that you protect their brand as well as your own. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, somebody once said, you know, you build a lifetime building up your reputation and you can ruin it in 10 seconds or five seconds or whatever, but everybody knows everybody in our industry. It's, it's, um, it's a big industry. It's a big market, but at the same time, it's a very small, cohesive ecosystem of all of these different people that, you know, we, we all tend to move around a little bit. I mean, I've, I've been with, uh, three different point of sale companies, three different point of sale manufacturers, and now in the, in the ISV and the reseller channel. And, um, you know, Somebody who's a competitor a while ago might be your boss the next day. A uh, good example of that was um, when I was at at Cherry, Cherry made keyboards. Uh, we used to compete with a company called Prey. And there was a guy there by the name of Stephen Bergeron. Um, some people know him as Bowtie Stephen. Maybe not so much these days, but uh, he was a competitor of ours. But yet we were friendly and he was always a good uh, person that I could talk to in the industry and ask questions and things like that. Well, a few years later, he was my boss. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny how that, that works. And, uh, um, you know, it was great in both respects. I enjoyed working for him and, uh, I learned a lot and, uh, you know, we, we caught up with each other at the, uh, the event last week and had a good laugh about it and, you know, but it's, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, you just, you see people move around to different places and, uh, you know, it's just kind of nice to see, uh, to get to work with friends, work in a friendly environment, get to go to a lot of nice events and um, really help people fix problems. That's really what we do at the end of the day. Yeah, that that's the saying, do not burn a bridge <laughs> is really true no. in this industry. If you if you decide to change shirts, just just make sure that you leave on a on a good note that that you don't <laughs> leave a bad taste in someone's mouth because it will bite you. <laughs> It, it it will. And I, I think that, you know, having been a couple of different places, I always found that I worked harder in the last week that I was at a place than I did at any other time, because you want to leave, you want to leave your, uh, you want to leave your house in order. You want to leave everything perfect for the person that succeeds you, because you don't want to be talked about, you know, a month from now or two months from now, oh, that, that so-and-so didn't do anything. And just, you know, that's the person that gets thrown under the bus for the next three months or whatever. So, yeah, but you know, and again, that comes down to that partnership thing, uh, working together. There's no one company where it's one size fits all and, and they do everything great. Every company has strengths and weaknesses, just like we all do. And so, um, I think the concept of partnership and certainly Jim Roddy, somebody who I've, um, I've been friends with for a long time. He and I have some, some shared experiences in the past. And, um, you know, I, I think he's probably as, as wise a, uh, thought leader in our industry as anybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's behind it, then, uh, I think everybody should, uh, kind of take heed to his advice. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to kind of shift gears or I want to kind of stick on the subject a little bit more because you're talking about this stuff and you mentioned earlier about your act activity on LinkedIn. So, could you maybe expand a little bit more about how you foster those strong collaborations between the hardware manufacturer, the software developer, 
and the reseller in your your operation? Like, how does that work for you? Well, sure. Um, I, obviously, uh, uh, BizTracker was a customer of mine uh, previously when I was at APG. And uh, I just noticed this customer was just growing and growing and growing. And then um, there's that partnership word again. Um, I started to get to know some of the other uh, manufacturers that were working with them. And uh, we were doing some creative things that way. And eventually it just got to the point where, yeah, it makes sense. I'm going to join the team there. But when I did, and I was talking with Chris Young's, our president, how do I carve out a role? What's the right thing for me to do? Um, because my background's kind of diverse, we thought, well, let's do a little business development. Let's do some sales. Let's do some marketing. And I got the opportunity because I've been around for a long time, um, to really network with a lot of my friends and to get to go and, uh, hang out with you and hang out with my, my friends at, at citizen buddy Sullivan. I hang out with Rob Dorsey from blue star. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different people that, um, you know, we work with, and you know, you work with people that you like and people that you enjoy. And uh, what's ex that's expanded into is um, Chris bought me this um, Insta 360 camera. If you guys have seen some of my videos, it looks like there's a drone following me around at a trade show. Uh, but it's a good way to kind of see the show and see the get the feel for uh, how busy the show is and the buzz that's going on. Um, it gives a little bit different flavor than maybe some of the other ones where. Um, they're just kind of walking through quickly or, or something like that. I, I tried to have my own kind of spin on it. And then uh, I'm now taking that to the next step of if I see something inter interesting or if there's somebody that I know that maybe has a good story to share, I'm going to stop and talk to them. Um, you guys, a star was was nice enough to uh, invite us to to join them in the booth at FS Tech. Uh, it was a show that I've always wanted to go to and kind of it's a market that we're interested in. And so we did a little video from, from your booth and, um, it was really well received and it was, uh, you know, it's interesting and it, what it does for me, it helps me learn. And, and certainly it, it, uh, it promotes both companies and it shows the solutions that are out there. But when there's a new perspective customer coming to us and talking to us to say, well, who are you guys? What do you do? Well, where are they going to go to look at somebody right away? Everybody goes to LinkedIn. Well, if they see that you're out there talking to a lot of people and you're you're producing good content, now my credibility goes from here to maybe here, and I don't have as big a hurdle to get over. It's not just it's not just a PowerPoint slide today and a couple of questions. It's you know people are going to go and look at your background and they're going to kind of scrutinize you because we all have a very finite amount of time and nobody wants to waste time on someone or something that's not going to give them what they need. So. Again, that reputation is everything. And um, I don't know. So the, the videos have been a lot of fun. Um, we did a lot of video at the boondoggle last week, and I'm starting to get uh, some of those videos out as I had a chance to to speak with a lot of the different uh, different vendors that were there. And it was in a, a beautiful environment and a very relaxed environment. But although it looked like we had a lot of fun, which we did, we got a lot of work done. Uh, we had uh, really good meetings with all of our vendors. And then we also had really good networking, not only between ourselves and the vendors, but also amongst the vendors themselves. Maybe there are opportunities for them to partner on things. So really a good positive all the way around. And, you know, sharing some of that journey is is a good thing too. I'm still working on my editing skills. I'm still trying to get a little better with that, but uh, it's a good education process. I think 
just taught you know, the, the plug about uh, posting on LinkedIn, being active on LinkedIn. I think that that's interesting because I know me personally, I have found LinkedIn to be a great free tool to not only provoke, to promote from a company standpoint, but your own personal brand as well. So people get to see you as, I know for me, the way I use LinkedIn, I keep it professional, obviously, but I always tell people I'm unapologetically me. So I'm going to have my personality. I'm going to say y'all, I'm going to probably not use the most, you know, I, I'm obviously I'll, it'll be clean by all means, but I'm, it's, 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 I want you, I want people to know who Kate is and Kate is doing this on behalf of, of the company, but it's also on behalf of Kate, the brand. So I, I think that people forget about just being genuine because people buy and partner with those others that they like that that's it, it has to be you, know, you want it's it's you do these events like that partner event that you did it was fun um but you got work done too you go work hard and then you can play hard it's just kind of the the nature of the beast in this industry yeah and and, and every once in a while i'll post something on facebook as well like oh working hard again and as we all know, you go to a trade show and, and you come back home and your family's like, oh, you got to go to Orlando for four days. Well, yeah. what they don't understand about that is that, number one, it's three hours different time zone from where I live. So I'm getting up at, what, three in the morning every day or the equivalent of it. You're going to breakfast and then, you know, you're on the booth or you're on the show floor all day long. You're still getting emails. You're still getting phone calls. You go to dinner at night and then you're networking at night. And a lot of people say, oh, you're going out, you're hanging in the bars or whatever. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. The company has invested money in me to go out to this show and to represent them. And, you know, you're wearing the shirt and all of that stuff. You can have a beer and you can have a good time and you can be personable. You don't want to get crazy. But at the same time, those conversations that are going on at the bar, at a cocktail party, at the mixer, whatever, those are really good. You get really good information about what's going on in the industry, who's going where, who's doing what. And I think that that's a big part of the responsibility of a person that is going to one of those events that's representing the company. Now, certainly we, you know, we, we get very, uh, we're very thorough in our approach. When we go to a trade show, we're going to go and profile who the companies are that are going to be there. We're going to profile who's exhibiting. And we're going to, we're going to come in there with a plan. Where are we going? What are we doing? What do we want to achieve with that? Those are all good things, but those after hours networking opportunities, that's where you get, that's where you really get the, the G2, the, the inside information on things. And I think that it's invaluable. And I think that, that when you go to an event like that, I think it's critical that you participate. And again, you don't have to be the guy that's out till three in the morning. You don't have to be the guy doing shots at the bar or whatever, but you do need to go and and at least show up and represent and be yourself, carry yourself in a way that, you know, am I happy? Would would my mom be proud of what I'm doing here or would I not? Or or worse yet, would your kids be proud of what you're doing? You know, I'm to the point now where it's it's more so my kids, the example I'm setting for my kids then than what my parents would say. So um, but I, I you know, the. The LinkedIn thing really plays into that because like you, a lot of my personality comes through. I'm self-deprecating. I'm very sarcastic. Uh, but at the same time, I can get serious and, you know, I'll give you exactly what you need. I'll be reliable and dependable. But 
I've always said to people, we don't work in a salt mine. It's not, you know, it's not a harsh working environment. I'm sitting here in my house. It's great. Nothing wrong with it. My dog's, my dog's 15 feet away. Everything's good, you know? So uh, have a little fun with what you're doing, but because we all work hard, but be yourself, be personable. And and yeah, LinkedIn has been great. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the podcast experience. I mean, that's, I, I was a radio guy for a number of years before I got into the industry. And uh, I, I'm finding that the, the uh, all of the social media type stuff and the media things that we're doing, the video and all of that, there's a lot of correlation there. So it's, it's, um, it's kind of getting those creative juices flowing a little bit. Awesome. Well, I'm going to switch back to uh, more about what you're doing, especially at Biz Tracker. So could you maybe expand a little bit more about what makes Biz Tracker a rising star in our ever-changing and fast-paced industry? Sure. Uh, we've got a really strong team. Uh, it's an experienced team with expertise with hardware and software. We've got uh, uh, people like myself that have worked for manufacturers for a number of years. We've got a lot of people that have worked in distribution for a number of years. And we also have people that worked in startups and on the software side of things. So we've really got a good perspective on what our, our customers are going through and things like that. And we've also got ownership that has been in the industry for a very long time, very familiar with uh, providing customers with good solutions. And, oh, we also have someone with uh, really strong leadership abilities with a military background. So um, we really have a really good, well-rounded team. Uh, we've also got great relationships with the manufacturers and the distributors. We're known for aggressively pursuing new opportunities and trying to find synergies within that vendor base. And um, the technology that we're delivering from proven manufacturers, I think, is second to none. We're giving the customers the solutions that they need uh, in a timely manner at the right pricing. So when you add all of those things up, I think that's how we're we're a rising star within this this industry. How do how does BizTracker ensure a seamless integration between the hardware and software solutions offered by your software, the ISVs that you're working with, and then um, what role are, are you guys playing in this? I, I just think it's it comes down to communication and understanding expectations and and um, you know working together. A lot of times the the software companies that are coming us to do the fulfillment as a service, uh, most of those guys have already done their integration and know what hardware they want. So with us, it's just a matter of dotting the i's and crossing the t's, making sure that the products that we're listing on their behalf are exactly what they want. And we make sure that we communicate with them to so that they can have the right products for what they need. In terms of our own uh, solution, we rigorously test those solutions to make sure that they're working, to make sure that they operate seamlessly, to make sure that there's no surprises. And the other thing is we back that up with live US-based support. So um, you know, whenever there's an issue with any of our customers, any of the products, any of the services that we're providing, we're all available a phone call away. Uh, so we're, we're here, we're available and ready to help them out as needed. Now in the era, you mentioned cloud, um, cloud services in the era of cloud computing and SaaS, you talked a lot about that. What opportunities and challenges do you see for ISVs in this domain? Well, I think it's, it's really limitless. I think that, um, you know, uh, Security certainly is something that needs to be done, but it's also convenience. Um, 
the cloud provides a very convenient environment to be able to provide uh, really innovative solutions across the board to many different places that might not have had access to that in the past. Certainly there's a security aspect to that that needs to play in as well. And I think that just creates more opportunities for us. Um, that synergistic portion of it. I mean, I think that, you know, the, uh, the cloud-based solution, it brings in that security aspect and, uh, um, it, it just creates more opportunities for us. But, um, uh, I just think that it's it's brought a lot of new software solutions into places that it normally didn't fit, and it's scaling to where it's getting into the uh, you know the tier four, the tier fives. Whereas at one point, you know, only the tier one and tier two had access to that cutting edge technology. Everybody's got that now. I mean, my gosh, you go to a flea market and people will be able to take payments on their phone. I mean. That's that's pretty cool if you if you ask me. Absolutely, and so you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, there's so many data breaches. Um, they're so they're so much more prevalent. Um, and so, what should VARs and ISVs, or what should their approach be to data security while providing an integrative point of sale solution? Well, I think that they they need to make sure that they do their homework, uh, talk to the right people. Um, educate themselves on what the the leading technology is who are the the leaders in that in that segment uh what what products what manufacturers are 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 really um leading the the charge on that attend different events so that you can educate yourself and then um you know uh good quality products from good quality companies they're the industry leaders for a reason so um, that's what we tend to do. We tend to try to partner with the companies that are providing that leading edge technology for uh, a reasonable price so that that total cost of ownership is, is, uh, is always very manageable and, and, uh, affordable. But, um, yeah, I think the, the security aspect, um, certainly if it, if it looks suspicious question it, it probably is. So, um, I think you just need to be really astute. I think you need to have your radar up and I think you just need to pay close attention to make sure that, uh, that your your solutions are solid and that you're not uh, running risk of a of a, a data breach or something like that. Absolutely. I don't think there's any shortcuts either. I think no. you've really got to do the homework. Yeah, no, I, I and Lord knows even in the office place, the emails and I know our IT team is already is always on our case about phishing emails and reporting that yeah. stuff and don't click on links that you don't know or open attachments that you're not familiar with. I mean, well, you know, the phone technology is probably most vulnerable to that because when you get an email on your phone, you just see what the sender wants you to see. Whereas when you get an email on your Outlook, you see the full email address. So when they send that email over, it doesn't matter what their email address is. If they make it look like it's someone, you can be fooled fairly easily. Now, there's usually something else in there that gives you a clue to say, mm, I shouldn't, I shouldn't click on this or shouldn't do this or whatever. But um, yeah, the phishing, I think with the implement of AI, I think that's one place where uh, it's going to be used for nefarious uh, intents is that um, as AI gets better and better, the uh, the fraudsters are going to start using it uh, to, to try to catch people in phishing scams and things like that. And that's something we just need to be very uh, diligent about and make sure that we're, we're aware of it. 
So kind of piggybacking off of that, I mean, you know, put on your little, get your crystal ball out. What do you foresee the industry being disrupted? How do you see the industry being disrupted in the next decade and what can be done to prepare for or drive that disruption? Well, um, like I'd mentioned, the, the AI and the machine learning is going to be essential to maintain cost competitiveness. Uh, California recently raised their minimum wage for fast food workers to 20 bucks an hour. That's going into effect April 1st of 2024. Oh, and they're going to get roughly three and a half percent annual increases. Now, on some sides, they'd say, oh, well, hey, that's great for the workers. That doesn't really benefit the workers, in my opinion, what it's going to do is make the ROI calculations easier to justify automation for kiosks, online ordering, robots, self-checkout, call centers for the drive-through. Any opportunity to reduce labor costs, you're going to see that employed. I think you're going to see drastic changes in uh, fast food and retail uh, labor uh, situations. But um, I, th I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think AS AI is going to disrupt. It's going to be disruptive in marketing, advertising, entry-level jobs. I think it's going to impact sales, uh, technical applications, you know, like coding and legal healthcare. I don't think it's going to take as long. And, and maybe I'm saying this from a, a novice point of view, but I've heard some coding people, some people that do programming and such that the AI makes it much easier for them to troubleshoot code if there's a, a flaw in it or a bug in it or something like that. Now, that's a, a bad thing, I guess you could say, because you got some low-level coder that's not going to have as much work to do. But on the other hand, it's good in the sense that those leaders are going to be able to not have to worry about, oh, okay, why is this code not working properly? We can go and focus on fixing the bigger picture and developing the next great, great solution. Um, but I think what we need to do is just learn how to leverage that technology to our advantage. And, and again, those are the companies that are going to win. And it comes down to education, communication, doing your homework, and um, you know, not just kind of being satisfied with what you've done, but being hungry to make sure that you're always on the leading edge to provide uh, the stuff in the future going forward, that you're going to have a solution that's, that's ready to go. Yeah. AI is all the buzz right now. Um, and many think that it's great. And there are others that are very pessimistic and doom and gloom about it. And it's like, Oh, robots are taking over the world. Technology's taking over the world. Um, you know, and, what are some recommendations or outlets that you would recommend for um, getting education, gaining that education? So industry leaders can really leverage AI. I think you need to play with it. I think you need to try it. I think you need to work with it. Uh, there's a, a, a marketing company that we're working with. Um, uh, they're located in Canada and uh uh, Dennis, a good, good, become a good friend of mine. I met him at retail now, and they do a AI based uh, restaurant marketing solution that we're going to be partnering with them on. And it's really innovative. It's really smart. It's uh, uh, very intuitive. It's, it's, um, it's a really cool innovation. We'll be, we'll be bringing out to customers soon. And um, he's been a hit at every, every show that he's gone to, whether it was retail now or Vartech or whatever, but I think with AI, I think that what you have to do is encourage your people from leadership down to the entry level, play with it, experiment with it, try it out. So you had asked me for a bio. 
when uh, before we were going to do this, just so that you had something official. We touched on all of that. So I typed up my bio. I looked at my LinkedIn, kind of looked at what I had on there. And then I plugged it into AI. Um, I think it was chat GPT and it came out with, it was similar, but it, it had a lot of words on there that made me that if I would have used them, it sounded really narcissistic and maybe some would say, okay, you're kind of full of yourself anyway, Craig, but, um, it was just, it used words that I probably wouldn't use. So talking to my friend Dennis at, um, at DBC, he said, well, take a look at Quillbot, which is another AI tool. And what that does is it takes something that was presented, that was created with AI, and then it puts it into more regular language. And so you're taking something, you're creating something, then running it through AI, and then running it through another one to make it sound more regular. So I think as time goes on, we're going to see more of those types of solutions out there and, and, you know, giving you those opportunities. I think it's going to, I think if it's done for good, I think it could create a lot of opportunities for us, but I certainly am not blind to the fact that there are some, uh, there are definitely some drawbacks and some, I think some guardrails that need to be put around it to make sure that we don't have Skynet coming after us. And then we got to go and hope for the Terminator to come, uh, come fix things. So. Well, what I'm finding out just, you know, obviously I follow you on LinkedIn. I've known you for years, but what I'm I'm finding is that you are really passionate about educating, educating yourself and educating others in this industry. And I want to switch gears because I know that you have some pretty exciting things going on. One of them being the podcast. So maybe could you tell us a little bit more about that and where our listeners sure. find it once it's available? Yeah, um, it's going to be called the Solutions Simplified Podcast, and uh, it's um, kind of highlights our Spartan POS solutions, which is where we we sell hardware online. We sell hardware on a on a website, and we work with our customers there. And what we're going to try to do is talk to it, different industry leaders uh, about technology, about applications, about products. But I also want to get a little bit of the insight of well, how did you get into the industry? What did you do? Uh, how did you find yourself working at Star or how did you find yourself working at Blue Star or how did you find yourself working at APG? How did you how did you get here? So I want to kind of share that journey. You know, um, there was uh, uh, I, I commend um, the RSPA team. They did the 40 under 40. Uh, there are a lot of really, really sharp, smart young people in that group. And I thought that was really great that they wanted to recognize that. And I think back to when. I was under 40, which was a while ago. Um, it would have been kind of inspiring to kind of hear the story about how somebody got to where they got to and and what they did and some of the things that they they achieved. So um, it's not just about the education, which obviously is a given, but maybe trying to give back a little bit, maybe talk to some people that you might not always hear from um, on the podcast circuit and I don't know, like I say, just the human interest side of things really uh, intrigues me. Um, I always, uh, I always like to find out kind of what, what happened before or how they, they got to a certain point. And I like to see how the, the story finishes. So, uh, you know, I, I think there'll be a fairly quick, but my, my hope is for like a 15 to 20 minute podcast at the outset, learn a little bit about technology and then learn about the people as well. So um, I think we'll have fun with it. Um, you know, Hey, 
this person likes to ski. This person likes to mountain bike. This person likes, likes muscle cars. This person's uh, a big pool player or whatever. Those are all kind of things I like to do, but anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just kind of getting that background story. And I think that by seeing that, um, it helps you make connections with customers, helps you make connections with, with vendors and, uh, you know, it just, they just makes the the whole partnership thing a little bit easier. I think that's great. As it's, it's, I think that's something that's forgot about. It's like, we keep talking about technology, the industry trends, blah, 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 blah. And we forget what about the people? What about the people? I mean, the people are what make the, the teams and the culture and, and, and yeah. So we were just, there's, we're, we're human and we still like that interaction with people. Well, you know, we all work 10, 11 hours a day or whatever it is during the week. And, uh, those of us that get to work from home, you know, every once in a while, oh, you know, I got to run an errand, got to pick my son up or got to go fix the flat tire or whatever. But um, it's kind of nice to know what else we do because we're not all just about work. We we do some other things outside of work. We we get to go and do some fun things. You know, we we went fishing four days last week in the mornings and, you know, you're sitting in a boat with people that you've known for a long time, but you don't really know them. When you sit in a boat with them for three, four hours, you get to see a side of them that you didn't see before, you know, and it's, it's, it's a great bonding experience. So we had a, we're working on a video. Um, I don't know where the appropriate place to post this is, but um, Tyler Wells, who's one of RSPA's 40 under 40, somebody who I consider a good friend. I really like him. He's a great young guy. He, he, he carries a, a drone around with him everywhere now, and he makes some great, spectacular drone videos. Uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, I think it's Mike Ty Wells uh, at Instagram or whatever. He makes some really cool drone videos. Nathan Wallace from our company loves to fish, really likes going after tarpon. Tarpon is the thing to go after when you go down to the Keys, like a 50, 60, 80 pound fish. Well, I have my GoPro and my phone. So we're going fishing. We want to go catch tarpon. I caught a shark, by the way, but it wasn't that big of a deal. It took 15 minutes and it was done. But uh, Nathan got a uh, tarpon on the line. And so Tyler got his drone up in the air. We got the fishing guide with us, who was great as well. I had the GoPro shoved it underwater because I've got the, the underwater thing. So we've got a video from the sky. We've got a video from underwater. And then I'm shooting it with the phone and We've got some photos of the of the tarpon jumping out of the water, trying to spit the hook. And, you know, it's not work, uh, but it was a great collaboration. It's something the three of us are never going to forget. And there's a bonding with that. And so, you know, as we do business together, we've got the common bond. And that that really just kind of solidifies those relationships. It's it's great. So and, uh, you know, like I say, you learn a little, little bit more about some people and you uh have a little fun at the same time. And I think it just makes business easier when you do that. Absolutely. There's a trust that's established. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bummed about the 40 under 40. I, I, I missed it by a year. <laughs> I turned 40 back in May and I'm like, come on, this to be on, but it is a great list. And Tyler, like, I, I agree with you. I think Tyler is fantastic and, and building those bonds with everybody and just get to know them on a more personal level because it just, it, it does make things easier moving forward. You guys can, you can talk more candidly. Um, it, it helps just that re overall relationship, building relationships I find is just huge in this business. 
A- absolutely. Absolutely. The the relationships are really that's that's the the genesis of everything. That's why we're doing the podcast. That's why, you know, we're we're calling people every day. That's why we're going to events, all of those things. It's about those relationships and and uh intensifying those relationships, making them stronger, making them deeper, making them wider. So it's it's a it's a a great situation to be with. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I did. I hope everybody I did share that information for those that are audio only listeners will be sure to put the information of the um, Solution Simplified podcast that Craig is going to be hosting in our show notes. So but to those that are on video, you should have been able to see it. Um, but, uh, you know, I really do appreciate your time today, Craig. Um, I know you have a LinkedIn profile as we discussed, but do you have any other avenues that our listeners could reach out to or follow you on? Uh, yeah, uh, I think um, obviously for our, our business side of things, uh, for POS software and hardware, for retailer hospitality, it's uh, biztracker.com, B-I-Z, biztracker.com. Um, our phone number 877 1249 or info at biztracker.com for our hardware solution simplified it's spartan pos and that's 888-895-4767 info at spartan pos.com and then um, for isvs franchisors or trade groups that want fulfillment as a service where we take care of all of that for you it's shop pos portals.com 833-466-4478 or info at shoppostportal.com. And uh yeah, it's um it's a mouthful, but uh yeah, I think we've we've we kind of have the customers dialed in the right directions in the right places. I think we've got the right people in the right places to help those customers find the solutions that they need. And uh, you know, we'll just uh keep pushing forward and hopefully uh Hopefully the market turns around a little bit. It's been a, a little bit uh, choppy in the last couple of days or last couple of months, but um, you know, we all have to evolve and just keep moving forward. And, you know, that's the the good thing about things is they you tend to have these, these different fluctuations in, in the marketplace. And we're going to go through and excuse me, another period where we're all busier than we could ever imagine. And, you know, we're trying to find supply again right now supplies a little strong and uh we're looking for opportunities so um you know but we'll get through it and you know just uh the whole thing is about the connections and and working together and communicating and again i, I can't say thank you enough for the opportunity to go and uh, join you on the show here and uh, i think you do a great job with the podcast and uh star has always been a a leader supporting the industry and bringing innovation so um i really appreciate the opportunity to participate you so much it means a lot i appreciate your time today craig um what we'll do is make sure again to all our audio only listeners all the information that craig put down as far as where to find him where to find biz tracker uh spartan pos and uh shop pos portal we'll make sure we put that in the show notes um but uh thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next time thank you For more about STAR, visit us at starmyconics.com, where we also have a super informative blog, or follow us on all our social media platforms on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. We love to hear from you all. And that's it for this episode of Rising Stars Podcast. I'm Kate Lara, and I will see you next time.